kick off the show by pushing record. That's a good start. And then uh, let's see if I can find my old, my a classic theme. Classic theme. That uh, I think it mostly comes on when I come on. So the classic theme follows me. Yeah. Oh, that's that's that is a classic theme now almost. It is. It has a classic. I think this is maybe it. Life's not like flat, and you've done all you can. You've been a new plan. Call the helpful snowman. He'll tell you what to do. everybody we got our other song repeat (laughs) the the old theme song and that is the old theme song Uh i think in some ways it's gone older than classic theme song it's sort of like when you would be a kid and you were watching looney tunes okay and then all of a sudden like there'd be things from maybe like the probably like the 60s or 70s that were definitely in color and felt like new-ish to you as a kid but then all of a sudden there'd be like a weird black and white one that was clearly from like the 40s yes right that would just pop on there and you were like this feels really old somehow (laughs) i was you had a an odd look on your face it was like not not like a pained look not like an unhappy look but just and not wistful but somewhere in the, you know, I was trying to remember because, you know, in in pandemic times, like you lose a sense of like time and place in a way. Totally. But I have the distinct experience of recording that song of I got a couple of beers uh-huh. and a cardboard tube <laughs> and I sang it through a cardboard tube. And like into a phone or something into like my computer, I think at the time. Yeah. Well, this, cause this was probably like 2007. I think this would have been 2000 in like, because of where I was living at the time it would have been like 2013. Okay. Well, that um, was only maybe not like, maybe not like on. 20, like 2011, maybe even. Yeah, that's like, right. Cause I think this started in 2011, 2011 20, 2012. This started, I think in 20. Or 2010. 20, like 2009, 2010, because it was like right when I got back from Morocco, you had done, I think I was on like the third episode. Should I see? I could solve this mystery, I guess. It's like you could look at helpfulsnowman.com. Yeah. Where you can also buy lots of helpful snow merchandise. You can. Yeah, you can buy a bunch of shit. Is your uh, vaccine special on books still going as people Uh, are listening to this? Yeah, yeah, we haven't. I don't. I haven't talked about any of my many vaccine specials. There's um currently, if you can send into Peter at Helpful Snowman's various media outlets, mm-hmm. if you if you have not been vaccinated and you get a vaccine, he will send you. I think it's one free book of your choice. Uh, yeah. I mean, one was the thing, but fuck it, I'll go crazy. I'll send you as much fucking books as you can handle. Right. So, like, he will send you books <laughs> um, to to do that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. To I do mean, the vaccine thing, if you haven't done it already. All you got to do is, yeah, send in a... Uh, you just got to... You'll basically just have to prove to me that you didn't get a vaccine already. But, I mean, I'm not going to be 
very hardcore about that. If you got a vaccine fairly recently, we'll say, right? yeah. or maybe you should say, because this is your, your business decision. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, like, I'm not going to make this difficult for you. Right. So, yeah, if anyone, so you can get a free book. Sorry, I'm trying to like... Like getting the vaccine itself will be the hardest part of this. And I'm not familiar with how vaccines are working in northern Colorado, but... Oh, it's easy as fuck. Yeah. There's like five places you can go and walk in. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, like most... Most of your Walgreens and shit like that. And then also... um, Your... You know, there's clinics, all kinds of shit. There's like 50 places. There's no shortage of places to go. That's pretty similar to where I live in Phoenix, where you could go to pretty much any drug, like any major drugstore. Lots of clinics were around doing that too. Um, Pretty much every college was, had like some type of thing set up for a while and they still, they still do. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're, they are pretty much, I don't know. Like, there's getting to be a point where I'm not sure that a lack of availability is the biggest obstacle for some folks anymore. Like, it's not a, well, I, I don't know where to go. Yeah, but, I agree. I mean, I got my vaccine at a stadium parking lot in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, oh, I definitely went to what I unceremoniously referred to as the poor people clinic. Right. Which is not a... Uh, it's not, not a, a it's not a shot plan. against them. Ha ha. It is it's just what it is. Right. It's in like, you know, they had those temporary school buildings when we were in school. Yes. It was like a giant warehouse like that, cement floor. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got mine. And it was it was fine. Yeah. But, yes, so. All right. I will give away a free book to anyone who gets a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, who hasn't yet. I will do a podcast on a topic of your choice if you Ooh. will consider getting one and haven't gotten one so here's how that works you send me the topic and you're like i don't have a fucking vaccine yet i'll say all right cool i'll do the show on the topic of your choice right you can listen to it and then based on whether or not you think it's of reasonable quality you can then decide to go get your vaccine or not so you're kind of like it's not exactly like it i'll do a thing on your choice and if it's not saying you have to go get the vaccine if I do the podcast. Nope. But basically, it's trying to say some just you you're asking for maybe a little reciprocity. I'm I'm basically asking for you to consider it. Right. That's it. To just consider it. Reflect as hard as you can. Reflect somewhat. Reflect on your reasons. Yeah. And um, if your reasons for continuing to not get the vaccine are are what they are, sure. But um. And the topics do not have to be vaccine related, mm-hmm. you know, at all. It can be fucking anything. I, I mean, I'm at the point where I'm like, look, if you have like a small business. Right. Or you have like an Etsy store and you want me to do an hour long show about how great your Etsy store is, I will. That's how far I will go. So if I got the vaccine sucked out of my arm <laughs> and then put back into my arm. And I was like, oh, I'm considering getting the va- I guess I can't have it put back in if I want this deal to work. But if I get it sucked out of my arm, I could pick the topic of my choice. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you somehow learn how to burn out the vaccine. Um, burn I out there, the... I thought there was a third offer, too. I Maybe I was com- contemplating one and never got to it. I'm trying to hear if there's like a knock at your door or if it's like something else. Oh, it might have been. It's oh. okay. Okay. 
Um, so the first episode was March 4th, 2011. Ah. So what did I say? 2007. <laughs> 2007. I mean, that's like... Idiot. On the one hand, it's like four years off. But on the other hand, you've been doing this show for like 10 years. So um, the second episode was Fudgy the Caramel Whale, which I think you were there. I think so. For that. So I think I think you missed the first, but not the second. And you're on the third because mm-hmm. we talked about your roommate who played laser tag. Oh, yeah. Pro laser tag. Um, or semi... I, I think it's, I, I don't know if there's pro laser tag, but like he played, <laughs> you know, in the way that there's like recreational leagues of like, when you play volleyball, there's like a rec league and what's the league above it? Like the competitive league. Yeah, I guess so. I think he was like competitive league laser tag. Okay. It's probably how I would describe it. I, do you think laser tag will ever be in the Olympics? And since we have a year where like skateboarding and like rock climbing are now in the Olympics. This is true. I feel like the you all of those extreme sports. Snowboarding's been in the Olympics for a while. Like every almost every X Games thing has is in the Olympics now. Yeah, that's true. Is so, X Games is laser tag in that? I don't think so. I mean it should okay. Um first of all, I want to bring back skateboarding as a crime. <laughs> okay. So skateboarding is a crime. <laughs> I was explaining this to Poonmaster Flex because I think she was a little, it was a little before her time. Right. But like when we were in probably like junior high school, mm-hmm. it was like a big thing of like, I think it was stickers or like shirts that were like skateboarding is not a crime. Right. <laughs> Which was like, yeah, I guess not. But I, I want to bring, I want to bring back skateboarding as a crime. And I even like, I was like, I should run for city council on the platform that skateboarding be criminalized. <laughs> criminalized skateboarding. And they'd be like, well, it's just weird because I guess, uh, you know, when we were kids, it was like a big thing. And now it's like any city, even like a somewhat shitty city mm-hmm. has like five skate parks that are amazing. I mean, I think there are some cities that recognized to some degree that like kids were going skateboarding just random places yeah because there was really nowhere for them to go skateboarding and if they built some skate parks like you're still gonna have ska- like i when i still walked around my old neighborhood um there are still people like jumping off stairs and things like you're never going to stop that necessarily right but like when you had a skate park that sort of became a locus for people right they had a place to go that generally had like ramps and rails and things and totally you know oh yeah i think it i think this was definitely a case of where people were like look i don't want to say this in the way of the skateboarders have won right but i don't think we can stop them i i've heard that skateboarding is not a crime (laughs) (laughs) so i've heard from somewhere right yeah so maybe those bumper stickers and t-shirts were really effective somehow we're just gonna have to figure out a way to shoot them over to another locate. What if we could locate them all in one spot? Anyway, yeah, skate. I thought it was weird that skateboarding was in the Olympics because I always felt like when I was a kid. I mean, I guess things have changed. Right. I, have, I haven't been on a skateboard for like fifteen years. Mm-hmm. I did feel that like skateboarding was counterculture movement, right? You know, and skateboarding was like a. Um, Almost a culture, not just a sport. There's a kind of thing where you would do skateboarding or you would skateboard like because you skateboarding was rejecting like more traditional, especially school sponsored sports. 
Yeah. Like there's a big part of that. Yeah. And just like there was, there was like a, you know, if you were a skater, you probably wore like certain shoes or pants or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I, and I, I guess other sports have some of that. I just never felt it as strong. It was never as big a part. Right. In my opinion. Like, I mean, like I ran track and I would say there are some things about track that are like, there's track culture, but it's not like, it's not the way that like skateboarding has become its own culture, like subculture. People who wear track suits around are not usually running. Not only are they not running track, they're not running like much at all. Fuck no. And I would never, someone wearing a track suit, I would never be like, you're appropriating track culture. Right. <laughs> I'd be like, eh, I think track kind of. They're, they're hanging out with the other Soprano, members of the Soprano family in front of like a sausage place. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, did, are you appropriating track, track culture or is, did track appropriate fat Italian guy culture? <laughs> right. like, I don't know. Um, so I, when I heard that skateboarding was in the Olympics, I found that odd. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I was like, is skateboarding happy about this? Or how do they feel about it? Like, I don't even really know. And then I saw some footage of it and it was so weird. Because it was like in, it looked like a stadium mm-hmm. and they built like a little skate park at the end of the stadium, but it kind of looked like a skate park that would be inside the Apple store. Right. It was just bizarre. Like, I don't, I didn't know what to make of it. And it was like, this is what it feels like to be a thousand years. Like, this is why our parents were so fucking confused all the time. It's a thing where I saw it and because I got the new, like the Tony Hawk remake, uh-huh. right? Which was absolutely what i needed in a pandemic 2020 year of like i just needed to like occasionally surround myself in nostalgia yeah of like happier times and you're like there are 1500 gaps to collect in this game right all right i'm like one i can do this that's one that's two (laughs) um unfortunately because i have the internet now i also realize like you know i used to have this like oh yeah i'm pretty good at tony hawk pro skater 2 oh sure but then you see that the internet has this thing where people are having 10 million point combos and uh, you're like (laughs) i don't you know, I know. I don't. I don't know how someone does this, right? But, um, but that park in the Olympics looks like the sort of create a skate thing that uh, someone made just to get like an Xbox achievement for laying down a certain number of yes items, and then they just stopped. It must be an a minimum square footage, right? And then you earn the achievement, and they didn't decorate. Comes across. They didn't like, decorate it like. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about this. I just am getting the points so that I can unlock a fucking outfit. Mm-hmm. Done. Now, since I said Xbox achievement, like all of you who have the vaccine probably had the chip in your arm activate. Yeah. Right. To be like, have you have you checked your game pass for new games this month? I had, So when I found out skateboarding was a sport, that wasn't actually what prompted it. It was... Uh, there was some article about a lady who was complaining about how she couldn't bring her baby with her to the Olympics, mm-hmm. but it turned out she 100% could bring her baby with her. Right. It's like, so we're complaining about that at one point they were like, you can't bring babies. And then a few people were like, uh, I need to breastfeed this baby. And then they're like, oh yeah, fuck. Okay, you can bring your baby. Right. And then she was complaining because she's like, well, my baby and my husband have to be sequestered in a different part of the Olympic Village or whatever. And I was like, I mean, is that, am I heartless or am I like, eh, you're competing in the fucking Olympics. Like, that doesn't seem like that harsh of a. 
I think it, it's that's the kind of thing where I do believe that if you know, there's times where you don't really plan for childcare or expectant mothers, and you're like, yeah, you probably should have. Yeah. But I see so many Olympic events, and I was like, how many Olympic events do I think someone could? Well, here's the thing: how many Olympic events could someone do while like very pregnant or recently having given birth? And how many should you do? Okay. Gymnastics are out, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Um, Ski jump, probably not a good idea. Yeah. Anything like fast, right. I would think. I would even think like your speed skating and things like that would just be not awesome. And like your figure skating, like getting thrown around. I think like a lot of the field events that are like maybe like. Maybe some type of... I don't know if standing long jump is an Olympic event or if it's just something we had to do in PE class. They have the long jump, but not the standing long jump. <laughs> so I'm like, I mean, the long jump seems like a... I'll put that in the maybe pile. I would say some of the track events you might, like, be able to do. I Here's the thing. You could do the track events. I don't think you're going to be competitive. I, it's <laughs> one of those, like, if you qualify while you're pregnant, um, more power to you, you know? like Yeah, I mean... If, I. Okay, I would think you probably could throw the shot. I would mm. think you probably could throw a discus and a javelin. I think you could probably do it. I'm not 100% sure. The shot put, I think, is the most likely because it's the least, like, spinning and whatever. Right. But even then, I question because, like, I've had friends at work who are pregnant mm -hmm. and they've told me some, you know, weird shit happens. Like, this lady I knew got pregnant and she's like, I had three cavities at the dentist and they were like, oh, that's normal. Cause when you're pregnant, the baby takes a lot of the calcium and whatever out of your system. Okay. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, so the baby does use a lot of your resources of your body. So I do question whether or not you'd be able to compete and have this baby happening. You it's, know what I mean? Like, it, that would be pretty challenging. It's the kind of thing that if you qualify for the Olympics, they should let you do it because, like, I mean, you managed to qualify. Yeah, now, like you were saying, like, bobsled, I would think, technically, you could probably do it. Mm. Now, I don't know how was, unsafe that is. I was going to say the luge, you know, I mean... The luge, I think you could technically do. I don't know how like aerodynamic they have to be i mean <laughs> do they have a, when they have a wind tunnel testing the bobsled do you think they i mean that's the thing is the bobsled if you were the sled is not very big so you'd have to be like in the front okay here's the sports you could definitely do curling okay you could definitely do pregnant because half the dudes who do it they look like middle-aged dads right we watched this great documentary about curling because basically that's how it was. It was a big sport for like middle-aged dads like in Canada. Mm -hmm. And you know, they would just, it was like a bowling league and they would have a curling league and go out and do it. And then some people kind of revolutionized it. And now it's like a legitimate sport, but there's a, like a lot of people who are like, I don't know, it kind of lost its charm when it became it's like fortified. It's kind of like if you played a lot of darts at the bar and you found out that darts became an Olympic sport. Yeah. And you're like, this is not as fun when now everybody in the in the bar has an opinion about darts. Yeah. Well, so, okay, I was looking up this lady. Right. And she was in something that was called, like, uh, artistic swimming or something. And I was like, what the oh, fuck okay. is artistic swimming? 
And it it's a uh, figured swimming. Yeah, it's like figure skating, but in a pool. It's like synchronized swimming, but with but one you person. Do it yourself. Okay. And I was like, oh, all right. That makes sense. And then I was like, what other sports are there that I'm not aware of? Mm -hmm. And there were a couple that really struck me as odd. And one of them was they have both canoe and kayak slalom. (laughs) And it showed the icon for it was like a river at a steep angle. And, you know, the person in the kayak is slaloming through. And I was like, "I, I guess I sort of understand this, but also this seems like a strange sport. It seems like kind of a thing that you would set up at, in the same way that there's like a bunch of middle-aged men in Canada. Yeah. This seems like something that was set up at a, like a water park. Yeah, or like at a, um, you know, business retreat. Right. Where you've got a ropes course and then you're like, okay, we're going to try and team up so we can get around this slalom. There's a bored teenager like who has to like activate the flume. Yeah. You know, and they have like a kayak that just has... It is like those surfing simulators that you see at the water park. It has like just enough water to like push your kayak down. Yeah. But not so much that like if you fell off the kayak, you'd be in trouble. Yeah. I mean, you're not getting blasted down. But anyway, it just seemed. Well, in a slalom, it would be more dangerous (laughs) because like you'd have some type of like obstacle you're slaloming around that has to be stationary. So I'm imagining like a bunch of poles. And so if you fell out of your kayak, it would shoot you up the back into all of these poles. I mean, it makes, I just thought it was odd because so many of the sports, I sort of understand their origin. Right. Like, I understand the origin of the... The uh, biathlon is basically hunting, right? Where you're, like, cross-country skiing and shooting, and you're like, okay, that's, you know... Yeah, or, like, rowing. I'm like, I get where that came Rowing was, like, a mode of transportation. Running was a mode of transportation. Yeah, and then you get into the goofy sports, like uh, water polo, that I'm like... I mean, this just seems like goofy as hell to me, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I know this is a thing. It seems like there's like the East Coast of the United States has this whole other set of sports that they do in school. Right. <laughs> like lacrosse. Lacrosse like, or water polo or, yeah. you know, some. That, see, you know, this is what happens when they have school districts that are funded. I guess so. Yeah. yeah maybe. I mean, do you think maybe like in Cherry Creek they have lacrosse and water polo? I do. Yeah, see, that's... I do think that's probably true. <laughs> that's the thing. It's maybe not so much distinction geographically, but how how well-funded is your school district? The question is, do you have a lacrosse team? Yeah. If you have a lacrosse team, you probably have money in your school district. If you have any kind of equestrian shit, mm-hmm. that's, like, next level. Right. So, yeah, I just... Those were the weirdest sports. Like, they're... The, some uh, of the weird ones, too, were, like, you know, the ribbon dancing... There's also equestrian events in the Olympics, which I I feel in a very sort of like hacky comedian way. I'm like, I think the horse is really the athlete here. I mean, it does feel a little to me like an odd distinction to say, like, we're going to have equestrian events, but not NASCAR. Like, why not? What's the difference? The horse is alive. But I mean, if I had a vehicle, right? Like, I mean, it feels like almost if you had like, what if... The dog show was the Olympics. Like dog training. Like you had the dog run that obstacle course. Yeah. And that was an Olympic event. But the guy wins. But the guy wins the (laughs) the medal and not the dog. Yeah. Which is like, you know, which first of all, the internet would be outraged. Yeah. And and rightfully, this would be one of the rare instances where the internet's outrage would be completely correct. Yeah. I mean, I know the name of who won the, what is it, the... The American Kennel Club thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know who owned the. I don't know who owned the dog. 
Yeah, no one cares. I know the dog is a Pekingese named Wasabi. See? And a little smash face. Yeah, I just don't understand. I I just think it's it's odd because if I ran into somebody and they were like, I was in the Olympics, I'd be like, holy shit, what event? And then when they were like, canoe slalom, I'd be like, what? And then I would have to go home and look it up because I'd be like, it's not fucking real. You're like, bullshit. That's not a real event. And I I would have a thousand questions for the canoe slalom. Like, I wouldn't be impressed because I'd be so full of questions. Like, how did you get started and how did you train for this as like an Olympic event? Yeah, like what is the yeah? How do you train for canoe slalom? Like, do you have a lake that's at a, or a yeah? Lake do you at an angle? Where you do live? you live near basically like by a sort of river or stream that is sort of descending rapidly near you? And you got out there and buried some poles or something? Right. Or you just have it in your mind? I don't understand. You were putting some flags on a little rock. Um, you know what it was? It's got to be like a cool runnings. We're basically uh, like you, you know, guy from the desert, a guy from <laughs> a guy from like Moab, you know, like from the middle of Utah. Yeah. Like no, no rivers, no, like in the middle of like Death Valley. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's Death Valley. It's, you know, it's what, what would you call it? like hot canoe, hot he's, boat? He's like a slalom savant. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's called. Slalom savant. <laughs> And he gets uh, on the like sand dune in a kayak and he's going down. <laughs> he lives near sand dune, like that sort of like sand dune national monument or whatever it is. Uh-huh. And uh, he's just like, uh, what is the 21st century, 2021 equivalent of John Candy? Uh, okay, we had John Candy, then probably the next best was Chris Farley, who's also dead. Yeah. If maybe if Seth Rogen or Jonah Hill is fat. Fat, like fat, yeah, sort of fat them. Who's the guy's Kevin? Those, you know, mall oh, cop? Kevin James. Kevin James. I mean, mm. that's probably Kevin James is who they would get, not yeah. who they would not, not a, not a, I'm not saying equivalent of John Candy. That's who would be cast because he would be available. I think, I think that could work. I and, think, Kevin, I think you've made a good choice. Right. I support this. That maybe Kevin James would be, I don't know if he's, a, here's the thing. With a Kevin James type of actor, I don't know if it's like, I don't never liked anything that I he's I've seen him in, but I don't know if it's because like he's bad or he's in bad things. I don't, I don't know if it's his. I tried to watch Paul Blart Mall Cop. Yes, because I was like, maybe this is fun. Like maybe everybody is just like shitting on this because it's kind of stupid. But I was like, maybe stupid's fun sometimes. And I was like, no, this isn't that kind of fun. It was like just not amusing. I mean, the most amusing thing is him in the uniform on a Segway. Right. And so if you've seen that, you've seen the movie. It felt like I saw... The thing is, I saw it on a plane, but never like straight through. Because I was sort of... It would be on, and I fell asleep. And then I would be... I'd be like maybe at the end of the movie... And then I would sort of be awake for a while and I'd hang out and then I'd wind up seeing like the beginning of it. Yeah. And then I'd fall asleep again. So like I saw the whole thing, but not in one continuous chunk. I think that with Paul Blart Mall Cop in particular, the way to make it good, aside from just not doing it, would be to have him as a side character in a better movie. Yeah. You know. Right. Paul Blart is like, he's like the... uh he shows up in the some type of Kevin Smith remake of Mallrats. Yeah, or he's like an Al in a Die Hard situation. Yeah, but it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. Like That's he's what Kevin Smith should do for Mallrats too. 
He should make it like a diehard in the mall. Mm. And also the mall is like dead. But I th- I just think that would be, that would give options. I think that, well, given what Kevin Smith tends to do, which, you know, credit to him and all, but he goes back to his old properties and is like, I saw like there was a Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Reboot? Yeah. I think I, I can't remember where I saw this, but I was like, I was unaware that this occurred. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I think it was because I was looking at your old article of, um, the independent bookstores to support. Mm-hmm. And I clicked on the sort oh, of secret was, stash. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I don't know. You know, for a while I was like, I wanted to buy like a regular comic book and maybe not. It's not that I, I didn't, I wasn't looking for any Kevin Smith merchandise. Sure. And I seemed to get pointed toward the Kevin Smith merchandise. And that's when I became aware, like, Oh, there's a lot of, he's been making remaking or rebooting lots of things that I was unaware of. Yeah. I think, so I think the last one he did was Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And then before that, ooh, I don't even know. Maybe the Yoga Hosers movie was the first one before that. Mm-hmm. And then he did, I think, Tusk before that, which actually I quite enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I wish I didn't know. I wish I hadn't seen any of the effects or anything because mm-hmm. it would be much more entertaining. Right. But it was still pretty entertaining. And then before that, he did, I think, Clerks 2, which was, that was kind of a rebooty, sequel-y thing. So, yeah, and I think now he's making Clerks 3? Question mark? I, mm, I feel a lot about, like, you know, maybe that's a... See, this is the thing, is he could just, like, mash these two things together of, like, have Clerks, but they're rebooting some type of convenience store in a dead mall. Yeah. In a dying mall, because like that's where they can get cheap stuff, because the town is gentrifying all around them. Mm. So where do you push your weird convenience store or and video store? And video store, you push it into the mall because that's just where you can get space. I walked through our mall mm-hmm. like a week. Well, okay, so I walked by. There used to be a movie theater in the mall parking lot, basically. Right. It's like a two-screen theater. And I was looking at the sign on it because I was like, how much could this possibly cost? Like, what could it possibly be? And I was like, if you get in here, is it a functional functional movie theater? Hmm. I mean, it's been closed for probably 15 years, so it's right. almost certainly rat infested. Yes. Like, there's no... But I was like, what if I did buy a movie theater for three months <laughs> and ran it? And then I was like, this was never going to work. And then I was walking through the mall, and it's like 90% empty. Right. Um, I was like, you know, if you wanted to get out in the world during the pandemic, this is a great place to go, because nobody's here. Um, If you wanted to leave your house, and you wanted to not worry about encountering anybody, you'd be like, just go to the mall. Yeah. I was like... Oh, they're like, oh, is there some type of special restriction where people are limited to go? And it's like, oh, no, you could let everybody who wants to go into the mall can, but, you know, it's the mall. I'm sure they, at somebody at some point was like, do we need to be open with, you know, how many people per square feet? And they're like, I mean, in theory, yes, but <laughs> no. <laughs> I can imagine anybody sitting at the, like, pretzel store in the mall during the pandemic by themselves, likely, because they know they have to be socially distant and they can't be socially distant inside that little booth. Mm-hmm. Earning, like, seven twenty-five an hour mm-hmm. and, like, really thinking to themselves, like, this is an essential job. Yeah. Like, I am an essential worker. Yeah. 
like sitting there watch like they make enough pretzels for display none of them get sold right like not a single one i've warmed up this same vat of cheese sauce for 18 days and never dipped into it once there's it's you, all skin there's no cheese mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's skin all the way down yep yeah I, I don't know like so anyway i did i did think about it because i was like maybe i should open a store in the mall and just like achieve my 14 year old dream and then i was like i don't even know what i'd fucking sell i just like put my shit in there and sell it a bunch of helpful snowman merchandise like you could just put you could just put copies of your book mm, yeah and like copies of your books like you could make them you know you could have like nice versions and then yeah. you could also have like less you know more less expensive versions yeah helpful snowmart I would just call it the world's worst bookstore mm. and then just have only my books in it. And then like maybe one copy of like, uh, okay, I get one copy of Mein Kampf <laughs> because then if someone's going to come in and buy a book, I'm like, well, you can't buy that one. You can't buy that one. You know, we have a few authors in here. Make your choice. <laughs> <laughs> You're using the high contrast thing of like, Ooh, because I was about to say, like, you get some kind of public domain book. Yeah. You know, like, you've printed it off yourself, basically. Yeah, so I, I like, stocked the front of the store with a bunch of crap, like, your mind comp, and then, yeah, like, a bunch of Charles Dickens or something. Right. Uh, Great Gatsby's been reprint or is, like, public, public domain. domain, so I could print that up and just, like, print it out on computer paper. <laughs> I'm like, get the Great Gatsby, $18. It's like just Times New Roman, Great Gatsby, like just, sta- you, know, you know, it's stapled together. It's not even like bound in any way. Oh, and here's what I do too. I say that we like buy used books, but then I put a sign up on day one that's like, you know, we're full for now. I'll let you know. And so then I'll be like, I don't know. This is just what these idiots donated to me. What can I do? Right. I'm like, I don't know who Peter Dirk is, but we've got his books. Someone had a fucking garage of them and donated them, and that's all we've got. That's all we've got, and that's what we have. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, maybe I'd just like bring in whatever I had at home that day and see what see what would go. Yeah. See what would make money. I mean, you've got a credit card in your hand, maybe that you could use that to finance this store opening. Yeah, I wanted to bring this up, because this is the latest in a, a line of interesting things that I've been sent since becoming an LLC. Ah. So the first interesting thing was mostly... Uh, there's some company in California that sends you scary letters that are like, if you don't put up these HR posters for your employees to see that like have minimum wage and some other stuff, uh, you could get sued. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't think this is true, but also I have no employees. So who would sue me? Me? Right. Like this makes no sense. So this time I got a credit card sent to helpful snowman llc and the letter that came with it said the limit was do you want to guess a hundred twenty thousand dollars two hundred and fifty thousand dollars wow i was like just the fact that you issued this card to this business tells me that you do not know what this is like you have no idea what you're doing because there's absolutely no reason this business has no potential for earning. Like, <laughs> it is likely to, it mostly exists as a way for you to protect your intellectual property. Yeah. And if it makes the money that you spent on it, then that's probably a success. 
Yeah, I mean, I had to do a bunch of Googling this year because it was the first time I had it and be like, how do taxes work for an LLC that makes no money? <laughs> right. And I was like, I mean, I probably lost some money. But, you know, and I was like, I mean, technically, I it's more of a tax shelter than like an actual business at this point. I mean, it totally could be because I think, you know, if, if there was ever going to be at one time I was trying to like do the home office tax mm -hmm. write off thing. And it turns out that's like a whole fucking thing. And I was like, oh, fuck this. Never mind. I feel like the tax write-off for home office is built in there for rich people who can hire someone to do their taxes who know how this works. It's somebody who had a really good lawyer friend yeah, who was uh, a dentist who wanted to turn their house into a dentist office for reasons. Well, or they were like, all right, you're going to be in this horrible tax bracket, so here's right. what you need to do. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you a $25 desk right. with a computer on it, and that is your home office. <laughs> And uh, then we can write off somebody. Mm -hmm. Then you have a prayer. But yeah. Anyway, so that's the, that's the latest of <laughs> helpful snowman financial. Helpful snowman finance. I don't even know what the uh, interest rate on this would be, but I'm imagining oh, God. it's insane. I was gonna guess it's like I mean, I'm gonna I, I would guess like forty three percent, some crazy yeah. number that is just almost that is that has got to be illegal in some states yeah but it'll be crazy high yeah i mean i did briefly consider i asked poon master flex i was like i mean this is like easily five years of operating budget <laughs> like i could just quit my job and live on this credit card for five years just roll the dice and see what happens i mean you could be like i'll just quit <laughs> Just be you. Just be the CEO of Helpful Snowman LLC, and all the money you need is on this credit card. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess we'll see what happens when I run up to the limit. You know what the secret is that I learned from my spouse, which you shouldn't do, even though it's not illegal. It just makes the like various credit card owners angry. Okay, is uh, what is called points churning. Where like if you get a credit card that has points on it, like say you get a Target credit card. Mm -hmm. Um, you buy a bunch of stuff for the Target credit card. Instead of paying off Target credit card, right? Because you get a uh, you get another credit card, say like for an airline that has points on it. Whenever you spend money on it, oh, and you pay off the one with the other, right? You just kind of circle them around for mm -hmm. a little bit, and that's that way you can um, earn points on both as you're sort of cycling them around mm. without having to spend a lot of extra money. Mm. So you can get like Target points. And airline points. Poonmaster Flex should not listen to this episode because this seems like the kind of scheme she might do. No, but it's the kind of scheme I would do. You would and do. That she wouldn't want to know about. <laughs> well, that was part of the... I was like, if I'm going to go on this credit card thing and whatever, you need to pretend like we don't live together. Right. Because we need to just have such separate finances that there's no way... They can go after you because I'm going to just have to declare bankruptcy. <laughs> You're going to have to either declare bankruptcy or fake your own death. Yeah. Whichever is really cheaper. And this will be the last conversation we have about money ever. Until until I've declared bankruptcy and gotten out of this. And then, <laughs> then I'll be like, so that's over. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting fresh. <laughs> You're starting like you know, the next conversation you have about money will be in front of a smoldering pile of the last like documents that you own yes that you see it's it's in front of a like burning crap top yep 
that is the last remnants of the helpful snowman empire. Yeah, any anything that indicates this ever happened. Right. And I'm sending frantic text messages telling people to burn various baseball hats and other like, things. Delete the, you know, delete lots of things from <laughs> delete every episode from your phone and unsubscribe. I can't explain. Just do it. This phone is about to be at the bottom of a lake. <laughs> So text it if you want. It's You're getting burnt. It's like we get these messages from burner phones to be like, delete this. How would you, how would you send sign off on Patreon? Just be like, I guess you could just vanish on Patreon. You have to burn down Patreon too as a whole. Yeah. I would have to like blow up their server or something. Or, you know, maybe what I'd have to do is make a friend who works there with a giant like magnet expunge my record of earning there. And just bury it. Maybe what I could do is get someone on the DL over there and be like, all right, I'll just just keep this running as like a back end thing. But the only people who can see it are the subscribers. Mm. And so then there's no other evidence of it. You keep all the money. Right. So you just keep this on the hook as long as you are earning. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, when that when that gravy train stops, it's over. Expunge it done when people leave they they quit the patreon just be like yeah just write it out probably what i need to do is save ten thousand of this 50 or 254 bribes <laughs> maybe just like pull that out in cash as you're doing your stuff so that way you just yeah. have cash for bribes yeah i need a bribe fund i mean because that's everything up someone might be tracking the account to be like he seems, he seems to be putting bribes in the memo line quite a bit for this account he says Robes. I think this might be code for something. Does he is he spending this at a gay strip club quite frequently? <laughs> is this like a uh, men's robe company? You know that they Ooh. started like Manscape and Sasquatch or Squatch, Doctor Squatch. It's like the man soap ads I see on YouTube all the time. Like this, you don't want a girly robe. You want a man robe, and it's like it's just brown. Yeah, it looks like a fur pelt, basically. But it's like, this is both soft and protects your skin. Right. It keeps moisture there. Right. But it's not girly. I hate that shit. And then the other version of it is they're like, did you know that soap has chemicals in it? And I'm like, well, yes. I mean, does sure. Does have chemicals? <laughs> I have chemicals in it. I'm made of chemicals when you get down to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it has this in it. That's also in, you know poison or something and you're like i mean all right but isn't doesn't they can't they like derive poison from almonds or some shit like i learned um because i have an acquaintance who uh as a result of chemotherapy became allergic to nightshades oh yeah and it's basically like like uh what was that tom brady yeah so it's I like i don't know if he's allergic but he doesn't eat them right it's sort of like every you know potatoes tomatoes green peppers jalapeno peppers like a ton of things are nightshades yeah you're like, oh yeah, that, they're kind of nightshade's poisonous. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know what would help you on your journey to uh, declaring bankruptcy and abandoning things? I'm calling it my journey to financial freedom, <laughs> but go ahead. The journey to financial freedom. <laughs> it's your financial independence. Take that, Dave Ramsey. Yeah, you were doing the it. thing of trying to challenge. I think you were setting your sights too low of trying to be the biggest podcast by emulating other podcasts. You can be the biggest radio show yeah. by going after the big rip dogs like Dave Ramsey, but you need a second identity. And you know who always has second identities? 
Clowns. Clowns. I'm handing Peter a book that he got me as a gift a couple of Christmases ago. Mm -hmm. So this is actually a long time coming. This is a gift of the clown, the book of the clown egg registry. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead and explain what the fuck this is. Like why not the book, but the clown egg registry. Now the concept here is that (laughs) clowns like have a particular like name, look identity and everything else. Don't flip through it too much because it'll break, break the game. You can look in the beginning, but not the whole thing. Um, But you'll need, we'll hang on to the book. You might need it later. Um, But, the idea of the clown egg registry is that clowns are very protective of like their sort of makeup, their name, their stuff, right? Yeah. Because clowns can actually like get professional gigs, make a lot of money, sure. do a lot of big stuff. Why not? Um, and there wasn't really a good way for clowns to have like copyright. What if their some stuff. other idiot wants to call himself Bozo? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so what was created was this sort of registry. And the idea is you didn't just register a name because like someone could be like Harpo the clown, but someone else might be Harpo the clown in the same name or whatever else it is. Sure. Or you could like steal a look, but have a different name, be working in a different part of the country or different part of the world and nobody would know. Sure. And so what this clown egg registry did was they would take a, a sort of like the shell of an egg, yeah. you know, like a sort of remove the inside of the egg. They'd boil the egg and they put it on a shell and they would paint a sort of facsimile of the clown's signature makeup. Right. So the clown would have a signature look. Yep. And so you'd have like a little bit of information of like the card, who this person was, like who was the real Bobo the clown. And um, where a little bit about where they worked, where they lived. Um, eventually the sort of this collection was put into a museum. <laughs> and since then they've uh, like more recently, they've updated to ceramics rather than eggs for Basic reasons of durability. For every possible reason you could think of. Right. But at this particular museum, which I think was doing tours, but maybe not doing tours because of pandemic and things. But like Mm -hmm. you can go and visit this museum that I think is in England um, and see all of these little painted eggs shaped things that are like all these little clowns Uh and you can learn about the histories of all these little clowns Mm -hmm. that exist in most of this registry is like in the u.s and the uk Mm -hmm. um so this is a good way to if you are a clown and happen to be listening to this like this is how you can protect your intellectual property this is something you could actually put in your weird store a clown museum i could put a uh a weld county clown register Yes. And people would paint them. Well, I feel like I need to to pause briefly because okay. I think it's hard to appreciate how fucking weird this is. Because it's, uh, you know, like what I'm looking at, it kind of looks like an egg balanced on a toilet paper roll. Yes. But then the toilet paper roll is dressed up like the clown's outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like a bust. Yes. So it's like his mid chest and neck. And then... His entire face is painted on there fairly realistically. Um, and then there's like a wig and a hat and like everything. So you're looking at an egg that's made into a clown. And I just think we all just need to take a moment <laughs> and appreciate that some fucking maniac, instead of saying like, how about like little wooden balls or Marvel characters or like plastic in the shape of an egg? They were like, no. We're going to paint these clown faces on actual eggs. And then that seems like the most reasonable way 
to you can't you know take what, a fucking picture of the clown's face. I think this was done at a time where I mean this is pretty like the some of the clown photography. Some of these clowns like biographies are pretty old. Yeah. So it might have been like if photography existed it was like not cheap. Okay. Um another thing I actually thought about in the most charitable way would be you know what it actually could be is a good way of handling intellectual property in that you can't be if you were Bobo the Clown in 1910 and you like died in 1945. Sure. If someone else wants to be Bobo the Clown with a really similar makeup in 1997, mm-hmm. right? They're not really ripping you off. They're not hurting anybody. Yeah. And so like maybe by the time the egg breaks, your legacy, like that's the time for your intellectual property to end too. It's like a built-in. Uh... Yeah. It's, a, it's an expiration for your intellectual property. Right. Yeah. Like, it, that makes sense. And I think, you know, that's, well, it said it first was in 1946. Okay. So photography was an option. However. It wasn't cheap. I have to acknowledge also, they are clowns. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, because no matter what the era, you could have drawn them on paper. Mm-hmm. You could have gotten like a police sketch artist and have the clown sit down for 10 minutes and be like, all right, I think I got the gist. I I think that too. The interesting thing in reading this book is that Clown biographies are really varied. Yeah. And that some clowns are like performing for the Queen of England, and other clowns are like basically a real depressed dad. (laughs) And they're still like registered in this thing? Yes. Like they got, you know, I don't know what you have to do to get registered. I think you just have to like show up with like your stuff and prove that you are a professional clown and not just like a person. Like you can't copyright, you can't squat on a trademark. Right, like so make I can't a clown just come up with a bunch of clown faces and names, and, and then put them all on the register and be like, and oh, then just available. wait, and then wait for the roll, like the money to roll in. Sue, so, what that that could be your next money making venture is just suing clowns, waffles, baffles, miffles, muffles, <laughs> just like, and I just have this like whole row of clown, like of uh, that's what the Weld County Registry really is. It's just a scam. To try to sue every clown in the U.S. Well, then I'm in. I'm in for a scam. Yeah, it's like, well, these weird records kind of came. I unearthed, quote unquote, right. these records under the storefront I bought at the mall. It's, it's like the... See, that would be a heist that would get you on, like, every type of news for a little while. Like, the, the fake clown heist. Yeah. Yeah, there's a clown who's like, uh, I want to rip off this other clown. Mm-hmm. So I get hired to destroy the egg of the original clown. Ooh. And then they're like, well, I guess I guess you're waffles now. <laughs> I want to be waffles. And I, I have, the only thing standing in my way is waffles. <laughs> like, so you ask me to like destroy the egg or kill you? Because when you both call yourself waffles, I am actually kind of confused. I see why this registry is necessary. Yeah. But what I did in the honor of the Roseanne game and what I intended to do was to take some clown biographies uh-huh. and see if Peter can pick the real clowns <laughs> from the fake clowns. Okay. And the reason the book is helpful is because Peter sometimes doesn't trust me to always play by the rules. Mm-hmm. And so I made sure to mark the page number for the real clown. Okay. Right. So that way, if he thinks a clown, or if he just wants to see a clown, uh-huh. right, um, you can see like, oh yeah, this is a real clown. Okay. Or a real in the registry clown. So let's say. So what you're gonna do is give me a set. 
yes. of clowns. Is there like multiple? Are there more than one round of this? We'll Is just do this. this. We don't have a. We don't have somebody else. We have five clowns. Okay. Right. And what we're going to try to do is eliminate them down. Okay. And so you, if you eliminate them down to, we'll just say well, there's five. If you eliminate them, them down to two, right? Then I'm a winner. Then you're the winner. Okay. So I have to eliminate three of fake. Okay. There's like, there's uh, five clowns. Four are real. One is fake. And now when you say they're fake, a four are real. One is fake. Four are in the registry. Okay. And one is not in the registry. One is the one that you completely right. made up. Now, is the name and biography completely fabricated? The name and biography, as far as I know, is completely fabricated. Okay. Like, there could be a clown out there with this name. <laughs> and there probably is. resemblance to clowns real or Right. Fictional. There probably is a clown out there by this name, okay. but the biography is completely fabricated. Now, okay. some of the biographies I listed here have been like abbreviated for um not to make it confusing but just for sort of a uh, time purposes in the show some of those it's a small book but the biographies are pretty long and over maybe overly detailed that's fair all well, right that's i'm fine with that okay okay um, so hold on i'm gonna get do we need some we need some clown game show theme music <laughs> Uh, let's see. <laughs> I wonder, like, oh gosh, this is Google that and see what happens. <laughs> Clown, Clown game show theme. Game show theme. <laughs> Clown game show theme song. Um, well, Bozo comes up. Bozo. Here's one called Clown theme song that looks like maybe an insane clown posse kind of thing. Let's just see what uh, Bozo was all about. I don't really remember the Bozo theme. This is not it. This is a coffee commercial. <laughs> they, okay, hold on. I've seen a couple commercials for this Pabst Blue Ribbon coffee drink. And I think it's a uh, alcoholic. It's like an alcoholic beverage. coffee. I've seen these like popping up around places. And it's made by PBR. And I'm just very, I'm curious. I don't think I'll ever drink one, but I'm just curious. I don't trust PBR to make coffee or you know, mixed coffee drink with booze. Anyway, let's see this clown theme. This isn't the original song. This is like a, you know, who was Bozo the Clown? Bozo is fucking crazy looking. I know. I didn't remember that he looked like that. It's, uh, something, there's just something very satanic about how he looks. He has like a, you know, because Bozo the Clown, for those of you who are, I guess those of you who are unfamiliar can kind of, it's hard to describe exactly what he looks, but he has a sort of, his red hair does sort of come up into a giant horns. Yeah. Like, and when he's depicted in pictures, he does kind of have like more horns, even though in real life, it sort of looks more like a, a wave all the way around. Um, most of the Bozo show, the thing I remember is the grand prize game where you had to throw ping pong balls into cups on the floor, which is like trying to play beer pong, but all the cups are on the floor, so it's fucking impossible. It looked really hard. Bozo, the world's most famous clown. <laughs> In broadsword discord. Okay, this is closer to a theme song. At least it's this? music. And that's all. That's it. <laughs> all right. So let's get to some clowns. All right. Quit clowning around. It's clown time. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we've already begun. All right. So we've got Ludo. 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 Ludo narrative dissonance. The that's clown. right. 
Stephen Ashcroft was 40 when he discovered clowning in 1982. It was the same year he was elected to the city council. <laughs> okay. Stephen has performed for the Bishop of London with his old troupe, Holy Fools. He later formed a troupe with his family called These Foolish Things. His two sons and his wife gave up clowning due to the demands of their day jobs, and Stephen retired Ludo due to problems with his knees and ankles, likely the result of four decades of Morris dancing. The family decided to leave people wanting more. Okay. Um, do you know what Morris dancing is? I have no idea what Morris dancing I mean, is. I assume it's some kind of goofy dancing, but, well, that's a safe assumption because he's a clown. I feel like I wanted to look this up, but I also kind of didn't want to look this up because I had a strong feeling I'd have some type of, like, Song of the South cartoon would pop up, oh, and I'd God. be like, oh, okay. boy. So but I wasn't know, 100% sure on this. I'm also not going to look anything up because right. that seems like an unfair, just in case. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's Ludo. Ludo. Who had uh, bad knees. Started clowning when he was 40. <laughs> started clowning when he was 40. It's never too late. Right. And yeah. Okay. So Tina. Jacqueline Stone performed as Tina with Joe Gadney's Circus International in 1967 and Wally Luckin's Circus in 1968. She appeared on an aerial rope working with her partner, Ricardo, and on the trapeze wearing a sequined bikini. Hmm. Now, what's not clear is, um, was this a clown in a bikini? Yeah, like a, yes. I see. Well, was she like fully body painted? I don't know either. Like, <laughs> would that, go like, why would you be, I mean, I guess if you're on a trapeze, right? Uh-huh. Um, you probably wouldn't want the big, would you want the big baggy clown outfit? Would you want the... I mean, I guess they all wore kind of like a... I remember the guys wearing like a ball hugger onesie. Right. That seemed pretty tight. Mm -hmm. So, no? So maybe a bikini is not an inappropriate way to dress for that particular activity? I don't think so, and especially for the circus. But it seems kind of like if you put on the clown makeup. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm picturing an uncomfortable image right now of like, what if Bozo was like a... <laughs> busty lady in a bikini and i'm like given hmm. this is also like 1967 or 1968 you know maybe you have a lot of distance that's really necessary for this to work but i'm also kind of imagining like the complete white face clown and like the heat of the lights and the maybe the work of being on a trapeze yeah. it's kind of melting the makeup a little bit so you've kind of got this like white running down her uh, exposed in you know sequined bikini breasts and you've got like, this like melting effect near the end yeah, it doesn't seem good, but okay. All right, like, you know, whatever. It's fucking the late sixties. There's no you uh, porn or whatever. Take what you can get. All right. So, where a third clown is Conk. Conk. Was that all of Tina? That was all of Tina. Okay. Tina's biography is pretty short. Okay. Um, Conk. David Vaughn became a clown after his divorce. <laughs> okay. He would attend regular costume parties with his friends to battle his depression. <laughs> he enjoyed hiding himself behind the painted mask. <laughs> However, he realized that he needed to act the part as well. David started performing at parties for family and friends. His clowning took off and Conk went professional in 1999. What? Okay, 1999. That seems late, but... It seems, okay. like, recent, yeah. Yeah, that's very recent. I mean, I think the clown registry was still taking, like, new clowns into their registry fairly recently. Well, I think this said that it 
like started in the 40s but then restarted in 1984 mm-hmm. so i guess that you know is like i think it might like i said that you could up through covid you could still see this red this sort of registry <laughs> museum so or at least a large portion i don't like it seems kind of like if you had you know over time you would just have this rows and rows of clowns yeah like imagining having a multi-story a mat that's what you could do with the dilapidated malls eventually as more and more clowns just exist and live and work and die more and more stores are filled with clowns so your clown registry could go legit you started as a scam but it goes legit and eventually you just have this big building full of like painted clown faces oh my god <laughs> and then the mall closes but that just stays there the, the crew that closes down the mall like i'm not touching that you know what i really need to do is get in touch with the developer or whatever and be like all right listen mm-hmm. if you're gonna close just let me go in there for 48 hours and like put weird shit in there <laughs> like i won't do anything that'll get anyone in trouble Right. But, you know, they'll knock down a wall and find, like, a weird doll with no eyes and stuff. Like, just shit like that. The entire room, like, the ball pit in the bounce place is, like, there's one doll head in there. And, you know, just weird. Like, just strange, bizarre things. Yeah. Like, a bunch of notes that say, like, a whole bunch of post-it notes fall out that say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Out of a ceiling tile. Out of a ceiling tile. And it's, like, it doesn't, doesn't hurt anybody, but it's weird. Yeah. All right. So our this is our fourth clown is Marble. Okay. Right. Glenn Bear started clowning as part of his community theater troupe in 1977. Okay. He left his job as a postal carrier to take over at the Thetford Circus after Kieran Bim Bam Collins retired. Okay. Glenn performed as Marble until the Thetford Circus closed in 1988. He decided to retire Marble and return to his job as a postal carrier. Weird. Okay. So. Mailman. Mm-hmm. Clown. <laughs> Clown. Back to mailman. I guess I'll deliver the mail again. <laughs> seems kind of like, you know, I, it, it seems like, how do you go back to, like, delivering people's mail? Like, I guess, you know, if you if you were a clown and then you go back to being a postman, you, 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 go, you leave the post office because you want the excitement of being a clown in the Thetford, you know, is it the Thetford Circus? Yeah, the Thetford Circus. <laughs> and... Um, then you decide, you know, the clown in life is too much of that high flying, difficult life. You just want to settle down back at your old job as a postal carrier. Well, that's what's weird about it to me. Cause like, it seems that circuses are like nomadic. Right. So if your circus closed, couldn't you just go to a different one? I mean, it wouldn't. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing is like, that's also like, if your circus closed, you could be like, I'm done. You know, like I'm just, I'm just out. Like you could, so. that, that's sort of a good time to retire to be like, Oh, my circus closed. So they're like, all right, here are your options. You can quit. You can join another circus or you can be a Ronin clown. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, you soggy clown jumbo. <laughs> he just wanders around. He's like, that would be a third of that. He's going around trying to perfect the art of clowning by clowning in various towns along the way. having encounters with various village folk who are sad and he's got to make them happy but in different ways lone wolf and clown (laughs) lone clown and mini clown on the road to hell oh my god okay (laughs) clown ronin that was that's our that's that's peter's next movie that's that's your next book really clown ronin (laughs) yeah 
disgraced from his former circus, you know. His uh his former ringmaster was killed by a rival ringmaster. Yeah, so now he's now he wanders the earth. He he can he wanders the earth. <laughs> squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the last one we have, number five, is Popolino. 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 Okay. Ann Sacco was known as Paddywhack, clowning with her husband, Bob Knickknack Sacco. Okay. Right. Despite many years as Paddywhack, <laughs> Ann was forced to change her name to Popolino after another Paddywhack threatened to sue her, having registered the name first. Okay. She died in 1999. <laughs> okay. So it's just like, and she's dead. Right. Um, okay. So here's my job is to... So I should probably start by eliminating the ones that sound the most real. Yes. So you have to pick the one that sounds the most real. Okay. So you need to eliminate at least three of the real ones overall. Okay. Um, so I have Ludo. Ludo. I have Tina. That Tina. was a sequin bikini. Mm-hmm. Um, Conk. Yes. Who was clowning after a divorce. Yes. Marble, who was a mailman. Mm-hmm. And Popolino. Who's knickknack and paddywhack and is dead? Well, it was paddywhack and then got sued for being paddywhack. Right. Yeah. Well, when I saw when I heard paddywhack, I was like, oh, okay. And then immediately it was like, and knickknack was her husband, and I'm like, gotcha. Yeah. There's <laughs> now a, I get it. There's a thing in the clown in sort of in the clown manual of like clowning families. Yeah. Right. Much like samurai in a way, in that sort of Ronin connection. There's like samurai families, and there's sure. like. Cl- there's clown families and they all have like rhyming names or names that resemble each other. Oh, I'm sure there's like a family that's like eeny, meeny, miny, and mo, you know, shit like that. Like in Ludo has a uh, theater troupe with his family. Yeah. Or a clowning troupe with his family. Okay. Ugh. You know what's hard about this game that I made up? Yes. Is if you fuck up at the beginning, the <laughs> game is just over. <laughs> the game is just really over. Yeah. That was a, the... The fatal flaw in the Roseanne game was that it's possible to end the game immediately. It's not so bad if we're doing this at the middle or the near the end of a podcast where we've already got like, you know, enough podcast time. That's but if true. you start off the podcast with it, be like, we're going to fill the whole episode with this. Get ready. And then it's a 14 minute thing. And I'm like, well, <laughs> well, the, you know, thanks. It, that's the thing is that if you had this as a, a larger Patreon and people were expecting this as like a bonus episode. Yeah. And they'd be like, well, 14 minutes of Roseanne game. Well, and I got to say 2011 Pete yeah. would be like, oh, this is a problem. We're going to have to talk about stuff. 2021 Pete would be like, yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. It's I a- guess, you know. This is a 14 minute episode. This is a 14 minute episode. I don't know. You want to hear more? Like, fuck off. Right. Go, you, you've got 10 years. I mean, it's also the thing is that you've got 10 years of podcasts to go listen to. Yeah. There's so, so much shit that I'm sure you've never heard. Like, just. I wonder if someone has. I, ha- I can say I have not, but I wonder if there's someone who's actually listened to every episode. I think probably. I think maybe Matt has. Okay. I, I wonder. I think one time I asked if anyone on has ever like re-listened to this mm-hmm. um and i think maybe he'd re-listened to some right i don't know if he'd gone straight through or maybe someone answered that they'd re-listened to some but not everything maybe like matt friend of the show matt might have to like someday he'll have a thing where he's going to go back to episode one yeah 
maybe he should come on when he like has finally caught up again. Yeah. And then be like, this was my, this was my helpful snow journey. This is the journey. I, you know, I just don't know if I'd recommend it or not. Helpful I, snow I quest. I not really remember. I mean, it's been 10 fucking years. Okay. I'm going to eliminate first. Okay. Uh, Ludo. Ludo. Yeah. Because there was like so much about his different troops and stuff. Yes. And that seemed very specific. Mm -hmm. And then also he was 40 and quit because of knees and ankles. So that seemed, that tracks. Okay. Ludo. And a weird dance <laughs> referenced. So I was like, okay. Ludo is a real clown. Yes. His, uh, you can see his, him on 165. If you're interested, this okay. is good audio, by the way, let's take a look at Ludo. Um, I'm trying just so I can see only the page number. Oh God. <laughs> Ludo is basically has an all white face and a weird mustache. He he looks kind of Miami. I like I get the impression in reading this that like in large parts of the UK there's like clowns that were associated with church groups. Like mm. your church would like your church would have like a clowning thing. Um, you know, to entertain kids or to do something. Yeah. I guess, you know, and so uh, that was really popular and that was sort of, um, there's also categories of clown of like the white face clown, mm -hmm. which is like all the white makeup and then there's other types of categories. There's no black face clown for those of you who are wondering, Alec. I was actually wondering, did black people who are clowns, do, would they do like the white face or not, or maybe? You know, I don't know. I, I've i read most of the Clown Registry book, but I don't know if there were any biographies that mentioned any black clowns. Yeah. That, well, that's weird. I, I just wonder. I mean, I guess I wouldn't really care if a black clown put on white makeup. I don't, I it think... It really look to me like white... It's not meant to person. resemble a white person <laughs> and like white people. Yeah, I think it's meant to look crazy. And also it's because the white as is like a canvas that you can paint other stuff on top yeah, of. Yeah, that's true. Where you're not having to like make a design connecting your freckles together. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, um, I guess I'm giving the go ahead if anyone, any clowns of color want to do that. But, you know, you probably should not take my go ahead <laughs> right. as any kind of. I mean, overall go if if you're like on this podcast they said it was fine and then you reference this it's not going to help you I, i'm i'm pretty sure helpful snowman is not yet respected in the world of professional clowning maybe check with this clown registry we've been talking about yeah that might be a better resource yeah i'm still waiting for my uh letter from the naacp or the splc <laughs> as being an excellent ally that's right all right so you've eliminated one Okay. We've got Tina, Conk, Marble, and Popolino left. Thinking face. I think I'm going to go with Marble Ooh. as being a real clown. Just because the detail of being a postal worker and then a clown and then being a postal worker again <laughs> is amusing to me. But in a way that's very mundane or something. I don't know. There's something about it that feels real to me. <laughs> well, talking about the fact of the game ending early. Oh, God damn it. Marble is on page I've marked here. 69420. 
Which is not in the book, because I made up uh, marble. Right. I picked up the book like an idiot. Okay, here's There's the thing. 60,000 for sure you made up conch. No, conch is, conch is on page two for us again. Conch. David Vaughn became a clown after his divorce. <laughs> yeah. He would attend regular costume parties with his friends to battle his depression. <laughs> this sounds so made up. He enjoyed hiding himself behind the painted mask. However, he realized he needed to act the part as well. David started performing at parties for family and friends. His planning took off, and Conk went professional in 1999. He's on page 207 in the clown registry. Okay. Oh, here we go. Oh, Conk. Yes, there he is. <laughs> I changed some of the wording in there. I think I'm trying to remember if his biography was much longer than that. It's pretty close to um, what you said. I mean, yeah, David Vaughn became a clown after his divorce, period. He had two, it did say he had two small children and battled depression. <laughs> but I mean, if, if that had been in there, I think it would have felt more. This was part of like the Roseanne game, right? Right. I would try and rewrite all of them. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just the style of how they were written. Right. It was the giveaway. Um, <laughs> gradually, he felt better with the help of some friends who introduced him to amateur dramatics. They would hold regular costume parties and David go, would go just as Conk the Clown. Initially to hide behind a painted mask. That was the part that I was like, this sounds like a, you know. <laughs> like a like a little too much flourish in there. Oh yeah, a little flair in there that I was like, I mean, if that's what's in the book, that's pretty exciting. But uh, but he soon discovered that once in costume, it's also important and fun to act in character. He found that being a clown was an enjoyable experience and he was soon performing at parties for family and friends. His clowning took off and Conk turned professional in 1999. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that sound made up to you? Like, it does. I know you made it. Yeah, there was something of... Well, you did a good job, because Marble, to me, I was like, this sounds real. I also thought Tina sounded real, because it just sounded weird. Tina is... Like, sequined bikini. Now, Tina, I think, has actually done a disservice by the Clown Egg Registry, because you don't get to see like what the whole outfit would have looked like. Mm-hmm. And so you don't get the sense of if she was in the sequined bikini. Um, so this is Tina, the clown right here. Oh yeah. It's just a, a head. Mm-hmm. Well, and then <laughs> when you Google it, it's like, do you be tiny, tiny, the clown? I guess there were lots of tinies. Um, but I think part of what I did in absorbing the clown egg registry is how many people had like pretty ordinary jobs before they became clowns. Mm-hmm. I, I googled Tina the clown bikini and got things that are not clearly not right. that clown. There's just there's just like some weird sort of anime style picture of some bikini lady <laughs> with huge jugs and a cowboy hat. Not even a clown. Just just. That feels like you you could Google almost anything and somehow uh, an anime lady with big breasts is going to pop up. I guess there's one on here that's like a sexy bikini clown. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I guess so. I mean, from an angle, she looks like, uh, you know what she looks like from this angle? And I'm hoping that it's not really true. She looks like one of those child beauty pageant contestants. Like way too much. I feel like I think it's a knockoff Harley Quinn thing going. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I guess I'm just uh, not that into clowns in a (laughs) sense. 
I didn't know before, maybe, but now I'm pretty sure. It'd be like I'm pretty hundred percent on that one. Yeah, I'm very, I'm, I'm very confident. Like at sex this juncture. Like I think maybe the, you know, maybe you're just not into you know, sexy Harley Quinn is just tried a little too hard. Maybe you'd like something a little bit more subtle and a Tina the clown. Yeah, but a thousand feet away. A thousand feet away. Up on a trapeze. Up on a trapeze. See the lights are behind her. <laughs> you're you're aware that there is a like bikini female form, but very far away from you. Perhaps you know what perhaps it is, is that Harley Quinn is just a little too close to you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I suppose that that could be one of the many problems I have with sexy clownage. <laughs> just hits a little too close to home. This is a little weird. Harley Quinn is probably like the clown that people are least afraid of. And yet it's probably not the one you shouldn't be afraid of. Considering like smash you in the face with a mallet. Like Harley Quinn does have a thing of like generally murdering people. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the sort of I don't follow the DC Comics continuity where she's like a sort of not bad guy, good guy, unclear yeah. thing. Um, but definitely a lot of stuff like murdering people. So it's sort of a, if you've crossed Harley Quinn, like, I don't think I would, tr I don't think I would like trust Harley Quinn very much or would like to like be involved, you know, in a business transaction with Harley Quinn. I just feel like if any time I ever saw like a sexy clown, I'd be like, this is some kind of a trick or a trap that I'm not falling for. Right. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to find out. Because finding out is the first step to falling for it. <laughs> I, I wonder who is like that. This that sexy for whom is sexy clown the bait? I guess that's me, right? Like we need to catch Ian somehow. So let's make a sexy clown. Yeah, because you're like, what the fuck's going on? Mm -hmm. I gotta find out. I have to investigate the sexy clown. I mean, for you, it would probably be more. Yeah, it's like a very specific trap. You're probably <laughs> entering a man trap if you find. Clown registry style eggs strewn about on the ground in this yeah. sort of like path, like ET with Reese's pieces. I'm just picking up like, ooh, clown egg, ooh, yeah. clown egg. What is going on? A little then, trail of clown eggs that this is like there's a box with a you know held up by a stick in the park. I did want to ask you before we go. Okay, there's the sort of famous clown motel. Ooh, yes. And I think at one point it was up for sale mm -hmm. in the last couple years. Did you, you know, even briefly or fantasy consider? A friend of the show, Jen, saw me looking at this and said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just like straight up no. Just no. Just shook her head and be like, mm-mm. Just put a quick stop to it. I think it was so hard to get me on board to do like a regular budget to buy a regular house uh -huh. but to all of a sudden just turn around and spend all of that financial effort to... Buy a clown, buy a dilapidated clown motel. Mm -hmm. It would just be, I think that would be just crushing for her spiritually. If you bought it financially, it, spiritually, just like, I don't know what to do with my life. Right. What if have I done? Bought it, what would be, would you continue it as a motel or would you do something? Oh boy. Alternative with it. I think what I would do is I would. In the same way that I actually looked up recently, that guy who was in a very old episode of Helpful Snowman, where you talked about um, going to the castle built by one dude, mm -hmm. um, that guy has now rinsed that out for weddings, mm -hmm. right? So I think what I would do is like eventually turn this into a wedding venue. Oh my god! Right, like you could get married at the clown thing, and the thing is like there'd be a bunch of like those you know 
look at now sort of accounts on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's like, look at this weird thing. You uh, can get married oh, at a yeah, clown yeah. registry. Sure. And people would like try to book it for the lulls. And I'd just be like, okay, you know, it's like a $250 deposit. If you want to make a booking, mm-hmm. lots of people would make a booking. Almost nobody would do it. Right. right? Almost nobody would like actually wedding. go through with it. So I would have to do for every one wedding that like went through, there'd be like, 10 people who tried to book it for just the laughs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just make money. It'd be like having a gym where nobody exercises. Right. Um, so I'd have to like try to keep what I would try to do maintenance wise is keep it in a state of relatively safe, dilapidated. Right. Which is also to make like the beds, like not like infested or dirty, but very uncomfortable to sleep in. So no one wants to stay. So it would remain shitty. Right. But, you know, not dangerous. It would not be hazardous to the people in it. Just unpleasant to be there. Exactly. So people would be there and they'd like, that's the other thing is I could, whenever they wanted to stay a couple nights, like I'd say, uh, you have to book, you know, you have to book in advance, Mm -hmm. right? And there are no refunds. (laughs) Like, very much there are no refunds. There are no cancellations. (laughs) I think those are all fair. Fair and reasonable. I think I would turn it into like, uh, you know, like basically the biggest, craziest haunted house ever. Mm. And so it's like October is when you go there, really. But then I'd also do like second Halloween in July or whatever. Ja- like I could jack up the. I mean, that's the thing is I could jack up the prices around Halloween because people would want to like mm-hmm. stay in a spooky. <laughs> they stay in a spooky clown motel, but I, you know, ever that's also the year where I just cut out all like, ooh, I could cut out the Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, try to get something, you know, from there's got to be the last radio shack in the world has got to be in the same desert where this clown motel is. Yeah. And you do something to jam the cell signal. So people are losing bars. I don't have any signal. Holy shit. Or just do that every night. Just do that every night and be like, we're just going to cut the, cut the Wi-Fi and do everything else. Yeah. And like when someone comes up to be like, Hey, my phone's dead. It'll be like, Oh, this never happens. Hold on, let me go check something. And I just drive and I never come back. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome, too. That's like a definite eccentric millionaire. Like, get a hotel, you rent it out for the night, and then just leave (laughs) and never return. I live in like a, I live in what's clearly looks like a sort of cellar crawl space sort of thing. And I'd be like, I don't know. You know, like, I'll be like, ah, oh, it's probably fine. I'll check the crawl space. And then, like, I go in the crawl space and I have an, like, a pre recorded, like, loud thump, thump, track. You know, it sounds like a machete cutting something into pieces. Yeah. And then, um, just lock the thing and just, like, put on my headphones and listen to some, like, lo fi chill beats until I go to sleep. <laughs> and then the people are just freaked out upstairs and they just get in their car and go. That's good. Yeah. I like this. Well, I'm I'm sorry you couldn't uh, achieve your dream, but I, it seems reasonable. Why not? I mean, you know, someday when I have, when we already have our um our own house, I can, you know, I gotta have something to aspire to, really. Yeah. You know, well, maybe you can have a man cave slash clown cave. <laughs> clown cave. I mean, maybe I just have to build my own clown registry. Yeah, you know. Or an income property. I can build my... be your clown. I don't need to live in someone... The hollowed out shell of someone else's clown hotel dream. I need to make my own clown hotel dream. There you go. Yeah. That's how... That's a like... That's life advice. (laughs) Exactly. It's like a throwback to when we used to do actual advice on this show instead of whatever the hell we're doing now. (laughs) All right. Do you have any final 
No. Nope. Jerry Springers. Nothing there. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, get a COVID shot or, you know, take me up on an offer if you haven't. Right. And uh, you can go to my website. Helpfulsnowman.com. And merch and see a bunch mm-hmm. of shit that you can buy. And that's everything. That's right. Goodbye. Goodbye. like it.